Section 21 of a General View of Positivism. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A General View of Positivism by Auguste Comte. Translated by John Henry Bridges. Section 21. Chapter 4. The Influence of Positivism Upon Women. Part 6. I have dwelt at some length upon the personal adoration of woman under its real or ideal aspects, because upon it depends nearly all the moral value of any public celebration. Public assemblage in the temples of humanity may strengthen and stimulate feelings of devotion, but cannot originate them. Unless each worshipper has felt in his own person deep and reverential love for those to whom our highest affections are due a public service in honour of women would be nothing but a repetition of unmeaning formulas but those whose daily custom it has been to give expression to such feelings in secret will gain by assembling together all the benefit of more intense and more exalted sympathy in my last letter to her who is forever mine i said amidst the heaviest anxieties which love can bring i have never ceased to feel that the one thing essential to happiness is that the heart shall be always nobly occupied and now that we are separated by death daily experience confirms this truth which is moreover in exact accordance with the positive theory of human nature without personal experience of love no public celebration of it can be sincere in its public celebration the superiority of the new religion is even more manifest than in the private worship a system in which the social spirit is uniformly preponderant is peculiarly adapted to render homage to the social services of the sympathetic sex when the knights of the middle ages met together they might give vent to their personal feelings and express to one another the reverence which each felt for his own mistress but farther than this they could not go, and such personal feelings will never cease to be necessary. Still, the principal object of public celebration is to express gratitude on the part of the people for the social blessings conferred by woman, as the organ of that element in our nature on which its unity depends, and as the original source of moral power in the middle ages such considerations were impossible for want of a rational theory embracing the whole circle of social relations indeed the received faith was incompatible with any such conceptions since god in that faith occupied the place really due to humanity there are women whose career has been altogether exceptional and these like the rest meet with their due tribute of praise in the positive system the chief motive doubtless for public and private veneration is the mission of sympathy which is woman's peculiar vocation but there have been remarkable instances of women whose life has been one of speculation or even what is in most cases still more foreign to their nature of political activity they have rendered real service to humanity and they should receive the honour that is due to them theology from its absolute character could not make such concessions they would have weakened the efficiency of its most important social rules consequently catholicism was compelled 
though at first with sincere regret to leave some of the noblest women without commemoration a signal instance is the maid of orleans whose heroism saved france in the fifteenth century our great king louis the eleventh applied very properly to the pope for her canonization and no objection was made to his request yet practically it was never carried into effect it was gradually forgotten and the clergy soon came to feel a sort of dislike to her memory which reminded them of nothing but their own social weakness it is easy to account for this result nor is any one really to blame for it it was feared not without reason that to consider joan of arc as a saint might have the effect of spreading false and dangerous ideas of feminine duty the difficulty was insuperable for any absolute system in which to sanction the exception is to compromise the rule but in a relative system the case is different it is even more inconsistent with positive principle than it is with catholic for women to lead a military life a life of which all others is the least compatible with their proper functions and yet positivists will be the first to do justice to this extraordinary heroine whom theologians have been afraid to recognize and whom metaphysicians even in france have had the hardihood to insult the anniversary of her glorious martyrdom will be a solemn festival not only for france but for western europe for her work was not merely of national importance the enslavement of france would have involved the loss of all the influence which france had exercised as the centre of the advanced nations of europe moreover as none of them are altogether clear from the disgrace of detracting as voltaire has done from her character all should aid in the reparation of it which positivism proposes to institute so far from her apotheosis having an injurious effect on female character it will afford an opportunity of pointing out the anomalous nature of her career and the rarity of the conditions which alone could justify it it is a fresh proof of the advantages accruing to morality through the relative character of positivism which enables it to appreciate exceptional cases without weakening the rules the subject of the worship of woman by man raises a question of much delicacy how to satisfy the analogous feelings of devotion in the other sex we have seen its necessity for men as an intermediate step towards the worship of humanity and women stronger though their sympathies are stand it may be in need of similar preparation yet certainly the direction taken should be somewhat different what is wanted is that each sex should strengthen the moral qualities of which it is naturally deficient energy is a characteristic feature of humanity as well as sympathy it is well shown by the double meaning of the word heart in man sympathy is the weaker element and it requires constant exercise this he gains by expression of his feelings of reverence for woman in woman on the other hand the defective quality is energy so that should any special preparation for the worship of humanity be needed it should be such as to strengthen courage rather than sympathy but my sex renders me incompetent to enter farther into the secret wants of women's hearts theory indicates a blank hitherto unnoticed but does not enable me to fill it 
it is a problem for women themselves to solve and i had reserved it for my noble colleague for whose premature death i would fain hope that my grief may one day be shared by all throughout this chapter i have been keenly sensible of the philosophic loss resulting from our objective separation true i have been able to show that positivism is a matter of the deepest concern to women since it incorporates them in the progressive movement of modern times i have proved that the part allotted to them in this movement is one which satisfies their highest aspirations for the family or for society and yet i can hardly hope for much support from them until some woman shall come forward to interpret what i have said into language more adapted to their nature and habits of thought till then it will always be taken for granted that they are incapable even of understanding the new philosophy notwithstanding all the natural affinities for it which i have shown that they possess all these difficulties had been entirely removed by the noble and loving friend to whom i dedicate the treatise to which this work is introductory the dedication is unusual in form and some may think it overstrained but my own fear is rather now that five years have passed that my words were too weak for the deep gratitude which i now feel for her elevating influence without it the moral aspects of positivism would have lain very long latent clotilde de Vaux was gifted equally in mind and heart and she had already begun to feel the power of the new philosophy to raise feminine influence from the decline into which it had fallen under the revolutionary influences of modern times misunderstood everywhere even by her own family her nature was too noble for bitterness her sorrows were as exceptional as they were undeserved but her purity was even more rare than her sorrow and it preserved her unscathed from all sophistical attacks on marriage even before the true theory of marriage had come before her in the only writing which she published there is a beautiful remark which to those who know the history of her life is deeply affecting Quote, great natures should always be above bringing their sorrows upon others in this charming story written before she knew anything of positivism she expressed herself most characteristically on the subject of woman's vocation Quote, surely the true sphere of woman is to provide man with the comforts and delights of home receiving in exchange from him the means of subsistence earned by his labors i would rather see the mother of a poor family washing her children's linen than see her earning a livelihood by her talents away from home of course i do not speak of women of extraordinary power whose genius leads them out of the sphere of domestic duty such natures should have free scope given to them for great minds are kindled by the exhibition of their powers these words coming from a young lady distinguished no less for beauty than for worth showed her antipathy to the subversive ideas so prevalent in the present day but in a large work which she did not live to finish she had intended to refute the attacks upon marriage contained in the works of george sand to whom she was intellectually no less than morally superior her nature was of rare endowment and yet allowing its due influence to reason when she was beginning to study positivism she wrote to me quote, no one knows better than myself how weak our nature is unless it has some lofty aim beyond the reach of passion 
End quote. A short time afterwards, writing with all the graceful freedom of friendship, she let fall a phrase of deep meaning, almost unawares. Quote, Our race is one which must have duties in order to form its feelings. End quote. With such a nature, my Saint Clothilde was, as may be supposed, fully conscious of the moral value of positivism, though she had only one year to give to its study. A few months before her death, she wrote to me, quote, If I were a man, I should be your enthusiastic disciple. As a woman, I can but offer you my cordial admiration. End quote. In the same letter, she explains the part which she proposed to take in diffusing the principles of the new philosophy. Quote, it is always well for a woman to follow modestly behind the army of renovators, even at risk of losing a little of her own originality. End quote. She describes our intellectual anarchy in this charming simile. Quote, we are all standing as yet with one foot in the air over the threshold of truth. End quote. With such a colleague combining as she did qualities hitherto shared amongst the noblest types of womanhood, it would have been easy to induce her sex to cooperate in the regeneration of society, for she gave a perfect example of that normal reaction of feeling upon reason, which has been here set forward as the highest aim of woman's efforts. When she had finished the important work on which she was engaged, I had marked out for her a definite yet spacious field of cooperation in the positivist cause, a field which her intellect and character were fully competent to occupy. I mention it here to illustrate the mode in which women may help to spread positivism through the West, giving thus the first example of the social influence which they will afterwards exert permanently. What I say has special reference to Italy and to Spain. In other countries it only applies to individuals who, though living in an atmosphere of free thought, have not themselves ventured to think freely. Success in this latter case is so frequent that to make me confident that the agencies of which I am about to speak may be applied collectively with the same favorable result the intellectual freedom of the west began in england and germany and it had all the dangers of original efforts for which at that time no systematic basis could be found with the legal establishment of protestantism the metaphysical movement stopped protestantism by consolidating it seriously impeded subsequent progress and is still in the countries where it prevails the chief obstacle to all efficient renovation happily france the normal centre of western europe was spared this so-called reformation she made up the delay by passing at one stride under the impulse given by voltaire to a state of entire freedom of thought and thus resumed her natural place as leader of the common movement of social regeneration but the french while escaping the inconsistencies and oscillations of protestantism have been exposed to all the dangers resulting from unqualified acceptance of revolutionary metaphysics principles of systematic negation have now held their growth with us too long useful as they once were in preparing the way for social reconstruction they are now a hindrance to it 
it may be hoped that when the movement of free thought extends as it assuredly will to the two southern nations where catholicism has been more successful in resisting protestantism and deism it will be attended with less injurious consequences if france was spared the calvinistic stage there seems no reason why italy and spain should not be spared voltairianism as a compensation for this apparent stagnation they might pass at once from catholicism to positivism without halting for any length of time at the negative stage these countries should not have originated the new philosophy owing to their insufficient preparation but as soon as it has taken root in france they will probably accept it with extreme rapidity direct attacks upon catholicism will not be necessary the new religion will simply put itself into competition with the old by performing in a better way the same functions that catholicism fulfills now or has fulfilled in past times all evidence especially the evidence of the poets goes to prove that before luther's time there was less belief in the south of france certainly less in italy than in the north and catholicism with all its resistance to the progress of thought has never been able really to revive the belief in christianity we speak of italy and spain as less advanced but the truth is that they can only cling to catholicism because it satisfies their moral and social wants better than any system with which they are acquainted morally they have more affinity to positivism than other nations because their feelings of fraternity have not been weakened by the industrial revolution which has done so much harm in protestant countries intellectually too they are less hostile to the primary principle of positive polity the separation of spiritual and temporal power and therefore they will welcome positivism as soon as they see that in all essential features it equals and surpasses the medieval church now as this question is almost entirely a moral one their convictions in this respect will depend far more upon feeling than upon argument consequently the work of converting them to positivism is one for which women are peculiarly adapted positivism has been communicated to england by men holland too which has been the vanguard of germany ever since the middle ages has been initiated in the same way still more efficiently but its introduction in italy and spain will depend upon the women of those countries and the appeal to them must come not from a frenchman but from a french woman for heart must speak to heart would that these few words might enable others to appreciate the inestimable worth of the colleague whom i had intended to write such an appeal and that they might stimulate someone worthy to take her place already then there is ground for encouragement already we have one striking existence of a woman ready to cooperate in the philosophical movement which assigns to her sex a mission of the highest social consequence as the prelude to the function for which in the normal state they are destined such an instance though it may seem now exceptional does not anticipate what will one day be universal highly gifted natures pass through the same phases as others only they undergo them earlier and so become guides for the rest the sacred friend of whom i speak had nothing that specially disposed her to accept positivism except the beauty of her mind and character prematurely ripened by sorrow 
had she been an untaught working woman it would perhaps have been still easier for her to grasp the general spirit of the new philosophy and its social purpose the result of this chapter is to show the affinity of the systematic element of the modifying power as represented by philosophers with women who form its sympathetic element an affinity not less close than that with the people who constitute its synergic element the organization of moral force is based on the alliance of philosophers with the people but the adhesion of women is necessary to its completion with the union of all three the regeneration of society begins and the revolution is brought to a close but more than this their union is at once an inauguration of the final order of society each of these three elements will be acting as it will be called upon to act in the normal state and will be occupying its permanent position relatively to the temporal power the philosophic class whose work it is to combine the actions of the other two classes will find valuable assistance from women in every family as well as powerful cooperation from the people in every city the result will be a union of all who are precluded from political administration instituted for the purpose of judging all practical measures by the fixed rules of universal morality exceptional cases will arise when moral influence is insufficient in these it will be necessary for the people to interfere actively but philosophers and women are dispensed from such interference direct action would be most injurious to their powers of sympathy or of thought they can only preserve these powers by keeping clear of all positions of political authority but while the moral force resulting from the combined action of women and of the people will be more efficient than that of the middle ages the systematic organs of that force will find their work one of great difficulty high powers of intellect are required and a heart worthy of such intellect to secure the support of women and the cooperation of the people they must have the sympathy and purity of the first the energy and disinterestedness of the second such natures are rare yet without them the new spiritual power cannot obtain that ascendancy over society to which positivism aspires and with all the agencies physical or moral which can be brought to bear we have to acknowledge that the exceeding imperfections of human nature form an eternal obstacle to the object for which positivism strives the victory of social sympathy over self-love chapter four